Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Honest Chats. I'm your host, JL, and today we've got Alex, one of my friends, joining us back. If you're brand new, Alex was uh, my guest in an earlier episode called Fatherhood and Masculinity. And so we had a really great conversation. I've been wanting and meaning to talk to Alex again and um, talk a little bit in his knowledge base. And so apologetics was one of those things that I wanted to explore. Before we get into this podcast, just want to welcome you if you're new. want to thank you if you're returning. It's great to have you back. Thank you for tuning in week in <clears throat> and week out. And uh, you know, lending your ear to our voices. Um, if you're brand new, I want to encourage you to subscribe. I want to encourage you to leave a comment or a rating or a review. I also want to encourage you to share this with somebody whom it might serve. And just before we jump in, I want to let you know that this will be a two-part series. Now, the conversation took more than an hour to finish and there was a lot of gold in there so i want to encourage you um i had to take a to get a notepad and a pen to write things down there are a couple of book recommendations which i'm going to put into the comment section or the description section sorry and i would encourage you to go out get those books if this is a subject that you're passionate about subject that you're wanting to find out more about i think that alex has got some great suggestions without further ado let's jump into the podcast this is part one Today we're going to tackle apologetics. Yeah. It's you, you're the foremost authority <laughs> on this. Well, I'm the foremost authority in this room at the moment. Maybe yeah. I don't know, Jay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I. That's what I meant. <laughs> exactly what I meant. Um, so could you give just give us a round a rundown of what you would what you would define apologetics as yeah so I would I define apologetics as um, well the word is the Greek word comes from apologia for a mental legal defense so it's a, a defense of the Christian faith yeah um, I think of it as a defense based on um, more uh, arguments based on science history logic or philosophy rather than scripture because when we're trying to explain or um, defend or argue for the faith to someone outside the faith using the bible alone can become circular so one of the things for example we need to do is why do we think scripture is reliable yeah so all of those arguments are part of apologetics and then having established that you might be able to use scripture um depending where the person's at you know if it's someone who's Skeptical about the Bible, but you know. Yeah, wow. Um, so, so just just a 
Side question then, what would you use, what do you think a scientist would use to defend science? Um, if they're a smart scientist, <laughs> <laughs> they probably use philosophy. Mm. If you want to defend science mm. as um, a, a discipline, you need to use philosophy, you can't use science. Yeah, that's right. But um, what I hear in debates between scientists and apologists very often is very bad philosophy. Oh. Um, they don't even realise... So this is... A lot of scientists aren't actually trained in uh, philosophy. So they don't realise... They don't realise what yeah. you're doing. They don't realise you're doing bad philosophy. They think they're arguing from science um, when actually mm. they're arguing for science from bad philosophy and it all just becomes circular and messy. So... Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because we live in a world where there is such a need to rely on empirical data and scientific facts, mm. and, and yet, I mean, I don't know. It's a bit of an oxymoron for me. But we're not here to talk about science. We're here <laughs> to talk about why um, apologetics is important. Yeah, that was the second question that I sent you. So, why do you think that apologetics is important for? For us, why is it important in society or in the church? Mm. Um, so it's got layers there. So I, for me, apologetics really comes down to truth claims. Okay. Uh, it's about what's true. Um, and so as Christians, we need to be able to argue for the truth. And, you know, so if, if Christianity is true, then it's not just true because the Bible says um, in fact, one of the uh, real revelations for me has been that you can argue for the truth of Christianity. Um, I, w I wouldn't say without the Bible, but not with much of the, You don't need much of the Bible to argue for the cr truth of Christianity. Yeah, wow. And um, you don't need to believe the Bible is the Word of God to argue for the truth of Christianity. Yeah. So you can argue for the truth of Christianity from the Bible is just a historical book, not special, just mm -hmm. a historical document or, you know, a group of historical documents mm -hmm. um, and go from there. And I would say for Christianity, it's because for me, the, the key tenet of Christianity is the resurrection. Yeah. Um, so everything rises and falls on that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, um, you know, we go from there. Yeah. Mm. Wow, so the, the reality and the truthfulness of Christianity. Yeah. Wow. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take some notes over you right now. <coughs> okay. Because I'm here to learn too. Um, <laughs> so, the other question I suppose I had is when did it occur to you that um, apologetics was something that had to be part of your knowledge base and I think you've shared a little bit mm -hmm. of that before in the earlier episode when we talked about fatherhood um, part sure. of that was you sharing sharing some of uh, you know learning to understand uh, what your son thinks mm -hmm. about another you know even even in the world that you're, you're in the work that you're part of you to understand how other people think mm. so you can so you can actually help them relate to Christianity yep. to the idea of Christianity without <coughs> making it seem so such a foreign concept mm. Mm. so um, my 
son is um, a self-confessed atheist, mm. um, grew up in the church, uh, and had a number of ex- experience, well, what I think were experiences of God. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, started listening to internet atheists, I think, and, and different things. Um, he decided none of it was true and walked away from faith and says he believes God is not true, doesn't exist. Right. Prior to that, I didn't have any real interest in apologetics. Um, I thought you can't argue someone into the kingdom of God, mm. um, which I still think there's some truth to. Okay. Um, but I have heard enough testimonies now to realize that actually apologetics can be a really useful evangelistic tool in the right circumstances. Yeah. Um, people have come to faith through apologetics. Um, but in my case, it wasn't something I was interested in. I had no real grasp on. Um, and then when my son walked away from faith, I'm suddenly like, ooh, I guess I'd better start approaching, <laughs> you know, finding out a little bit more. Um, so, so that was my personal motive for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so for me, it's uh, been a lot of apologetics in terms of um, engaging with atheists. So I haven't, I haven't personally engaged with non-Christians a lot in apologetics, except for my son. Um, but listened to a lot of podcasts, um, done a bit of reading, trying to do more reading than I have in the past. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, listen to conferences online, that sort of thing. Mm. So um, the recordings have been really helpful for for me. Yeah. Um, oh no, actually a few books as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, but so for me, it's been more um, apologetics, uh, engaging with atheists, um, not so much people of other religions. Yeah. Cause, but, yeah. Yeah. Because atheism is just the one group of people that. Yeah, you know, Christians like you. You would have other religions exactly. as well that do claim. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And atheism globally, atheism. Um, so I, I believe the, the the statistics I've seen is atheism is going to grow in numbers, mm. but a pro, as a proportion of world population, it's going to shrink. So the number of religious people will grow more than the number of atheists grow. Right. Um, so atheism is an issue particularly in the West, mm-hmm. but globally engaging with other religions is probably a bigger issue in apologetics. And my own experience as a funeral celebrant is while there are you know true atheists out there, most people aren't most people are agnostic. Okay. And not in the sense that they don't believe. They really they just they believe in something spiritual that is really vague about it. They don't know what they believe, um, but they believe in something. Do so you just define agnostic? Agnostic, um, um, yeah. Agnostic means someone who doesn't know. So a gnostic. Gnostic is a gnosis, the Greek word for knowledge. Okay. Sticking an A in front of it. Yeah. Like atheist. No God, no, no, um, don't know. Don't so know. a classic agnostic would say, don't know, not not swayed either way. Not saying there's no God. Mm. Um, so I'm not an atheist because I don't have enough not knowledge. 
Um, interestingly, a lot of atheists have started trying to steal agnostics and they say, it's not that I don't believe there is no God, it's that I don't believe in God, mm. you know, which is a subtle difference. And then they try and sweep agnostics into their camp. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it can become a little slippery uh, discussing right. that with, with someone like that. Hmm. So, atheism a very westernised sort of problem. Mostly, Mostly. Yes. Um, Given that really in a lot of Muslim countries, if you come out as an atheist, you're probably going to Die. <laughs> oh, I don't know, but you certainly want to be very freedom. ostracized. Yeah, you don't have it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, uh, so it's more a Western phenomenon. It, it yeah. does fit more comfortably in Western thought. Yeah, I think yeah, I traditions. Yeah. yeah. Um. What What do you think would be two or three? of the main factors that you've seen um, in talking to people who maybe have an atheist mentality will be two or three different factors that have have led them to that conclusion. So I'll talk about my son because I recently had a, a conversation with him about it and I just assumed it was a totality of sort of atheist argument and stuff but he said one of the things for him was not um, being really able to reconcile the Bible and particularly the Old Testament so um, you know it's a classic comparing the Bible to what science says mm -hmm. um, and they're not having any other frame of reference except the literal one so suddenly um, uh, so people will see for example the argument between six day creation and evolution yeah right yeah um, if you become convinced of evolution and your only real frame of reference is six-day creation, suddenly you've got to make a hard choice. Now, I know a lot of Christians will say, well, it's six-day creation and nothing mm -hmm. else. And that's a whole other discussion, not just on apologetics, yeah. but actually on hermeneutics, which is the interpretation of scripture. Yeah. What does it really mean? Um, but, um, you know, that... Uh, so that's one example. There are other examples as well where um, I think it can be difficult to take the Bible literally. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's not true, but it, it's you, you've got to understand what uh, the, the culture was, the way they wrote, the way they um, talked and thought and that sort of thing. And so what happens is we overlay the Old Testament, which is uh, th at least a 3,000-year-old manuscript. Um, well, what we call now Middle Eastern, but yeah. you know, so completely foreign to our way of thinking, and then we come and apply basically a scientific thinking on top of it, a very literal, true, and it's like just so our way of thinking is foreign to their way of thinking, and then um, someone who comes and says, "I'm not just going to accept it because Dad said it," or mm -hmm. whoever, uh, starts to see all these discrepancies in there, yeah. and so I think for me, one of the, one of the things for apologetics is understanding different ways of reading the Bible yeah and even if you don't agree with them all at least um, appreciate yeah, yeah being able to appreciate that and and not condemn people because they yeah. um, think differently to you about yeah. it uh, other Christians think differently to you yeah about it yeah. Um, and um, so that that's one thing I think is just as Christians understanding theology yeah. properly you know not having more than just a shallow understanding and and 
hermeneutics, how to read the Bible. There's a great book by um, Gordon Fee, who is a um, New Testament scholar, um, called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, um, which is sort of one of the now the classic textbooks on this. Well, it's not a textbook, it's actually written for everyday readers. Uh, So that's one thing. Um, uh, And then I think there's three big questions that I think um, atheists well at least two anyway have I think are good questions that atheists ask yeah. so not, knock a lot of Christians as well and I'm often addressing this when I preach is one is a question of suffering Yeah, we need to be able to have an answer yeah. for that yeah. and there's no easy answers mm. but there are answers yeah. you know? and the other one is what's called the hiddenness of God which okay. is the idea if um, so both of these are based on God is um, all-powerful, all-loving, mm. and all-knowing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the problem of evil, if God is all-loving, a loving God would not want us to suffer. An all-knowing God would be able to, you know, see where we're going to suffer. An all-powerful God would be able to stop our suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if in that way of thinking, if... If God is real and there's suffering, you can have two out of three of those, but you can't have all three. Well, that's not actually true. Mm. Um, the other one is the hiddenness of God. If God is all loving, he would want to make himself known to everyone. He would, you know, the atheist can he would uh, want to make himself known to me, and yet he hasn't. Mm. Um, yeah. And he's all powerful again, and he's all knowing. So he, he can do this. Why doesn't Why he doesn't do it? Um, and I think, again, it's, um, it's certainly not a watertight argument but I think it's it's a it's a valid concern that atheists yes. raise yes. Um, so that's from the atheist point of view uh, or engaging with those sorts of things which everyone has um, questions about those yeah. Um, well yeah so um, so would, would some of the challenges um, Christians be facing then today in, in apologetics be um, you know, answering these kind of questions, answering suffering. Um, I think suffering's a big one because it's one everyone asks. Everyone asks that, even yeah. Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, apologetics is as much about Christians um, having confidence in their faith as it is about convincing non-Christians. Okay. You know, it's a discipleship tool as okay. much as anything is uh, yeah. I'm concerned about. Because um, if we don't have our faith grounded in what is true and we're not thinking correctly um, so our minds aren't conformed to the truth mm. um, it's very hard then when when things go when when our feelings are engaged right and there's negative stuff happening to us mm. um, if our thinking's not right then we're really screwed yeah. Um, yeah. you know where do we go yeah that's right yeah so it's as much about convincing ourselves of <laughs> of what and and learning yeah. really and teaching ourselves what the Bible says, mm. um, as much as being able to testify yeah. to that to other yeah. people. Um, what do you say to the person who's really scared about the enormity of the of the task? Because sometimes, to be honest, when I'm approaching apologetics, I see one word like hermeneutics. Yeah eschatology yeah a lot of of technical words and I think right that's not for me today (laughs) I'd rather go have breakfast (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, catch yeah. up with a couple. So I, I would say, look, it's um, it can be daunting, and you know, it, it depends where you're engaging. Though I would say to the person who is interested, or you're not going to be usually engaging with atheists or scientists or people who think they know something most of the time, unless maybe university students. You're engaging with that certainly. But the average person isn't, so I would I would first of all say see it as a um, discipleship thing, just yep. a, an expanding your understanding, mm. not trying to convince other people, um, you know, but getting yourself and and you know uh, other Christians to a place where we're not tossed by every you know wind yeah. and wave that comes yeah. along. Yeah. Um, not being afraid to ask hard questions either, because a lot of Christians have hard questions. They're not, af- they're afraid to ask because you know, it's it just in our culture sometimes it's not okay to go some places. Mm. Um, yeah, and and so to be able to say no, it is okay. Ask hard questions. You know, um, there's no wrong questions you can ask. No, no question, to my mind, no question is off limit. Yeah. Um, so um, I would say that, just see it from that point of view. You don't see it as I have to go out and start arguing apologetics. Mm. But also, so that's one, is what, what's, what's the point? Is to build up my faith. Yeah. Um, the other one is you don't also have to, you know, use big words like hermeneutics and that sort of thing. Is there... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apologetics. I mean, you know, apologetics, it's an unfortunate word anyway, doesn't it? It sounds like yeah. we're apologizing for Christianity. Yeah. We're not. Um, quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> but start. There are some great books that just um, yeah. uh, help make it very accessible. Yeah, um, and they're written by some clever people. So one um, one book I recommend um, is "Who Made God." Now I'm trying to think of the author. I think it's Edgar Andrews or something like that. He's a scientist. Really smart cookie, but it's a great book. It, 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 yeah. you know, very engaging and easy to read. Mm. Um, and one, a more recent one is um, Unbelievable? Question mark uh, by Justin Briley. Uh, Justin Briley is an interesting guy. He's hosted for ten years. It's, it, it's subtitled Why After uh, Talking to Atheists for Ten Years I'm Still a Christian, right. or something like that. And um, so he runs a radio show in London, yeah. um, and it's a podcast. For the last 10 years, he's been interviewing right. some pretty heavy hitters in atheism and Christianity, mm. and also Islam and Hinduism and other religions as well, but mostly around atheism yeah. um, and Christianity, science and Christianity, issues of the Bible, that sort of thing. Mm. So he wrote a book, basically, Why I'm Still a Christian. You know, I haven't been convinced about atheism. He's not a philosopher. He's not a scientist. He's a, he's a journalist, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, his first episode with, I think, with his pastor or something like that. Wait, I hadn't heard it. It's yeah. ten years ago. Um, so that's um, he, that, a great book, and also his podcast is um, Justin yeah, Briley. Justin Briley. So it's the unbelievable podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I think it's. Timothy Keller that wrote uh, yeah. Pays for God or something like that. Uh, no, no, so, so um, yeah, I, and so I, there's a lot of these on my bookshelf or in my to get to list. <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm a terrible reader. I've actually put in some um, things to try and read more because yeah. I'm, I'm hopeless. 
Timothy Keller, um, the uh, the reason for God. Ah, that's the one. I haven't read it, so I can't recommend it, but um, except by uh, reputation, and of course Lee Strobel, The Case for Christ. Uh, yep. Have um, you read that one? Not yet. I saw the movie. Movie's good. <laughs> I don't usually like Christian movies, but that was all right. Um, but I'm familiar with a lot of the articles. See, you know, someone like that's a journalist, so he's not going in as a scientist or something like that. Coming, he's coming out um, as a non-expert, but trained to take information and make it understandable. So, yeah. you know, they're good places to start. Yeah. yeah. Great, awesome. We will have links to all of these books and um, movie that um, have been mentioned mm. later on. Um, so you're basically saying to Christians that doubt is okay, and in fact, doubt is a is a cause to become curious about. Yes, I think so. I think, I mean, look, you know, I'd rather no one doubted. I'd rather, I, I can't say I've ever really doubted about God's existence, but I know people do. And um, I'm just like, people feel what they feel, mm. you know. You cannot, what can sometimes turn into bully someone into faith. You mm. just can't do it. Mm. Yeah. And you don't need to. I mean, I think the reason um, Christians get very defensive, they see someone doubting and they're like, oh, you know, they're going to fall away or whatever, or we just don't allow it, or it's because we don't have answers, you know, and so we're afraid, and so you just shut everything down, put it under a blanket, and eventually, you know, people suffocate and Mm -hmm. leave the faith because um, they weren't ever allowed to explore these things, and there are, I think, good, I think the answers philosophically for the case for God, are better than the answers against. Mm. I, um, you know, I, again, I haven't engaged personally, but I have listened to a lot of debates, and I, I've heard some good arguments from atheists, but I've never heard a knockdown argument. I've never come away from a debate thinking, hmm, you know, mm. maybe the atheist is right, you know. Yeah. Maybe in, in little pockets of areas, and, you know, it... Um, in in some of the specific arguments that are weaker or stronger or whatever, but you know there are good on on all the big questions. Um, there are good answers. Now, not everyone accepts them either. This is the other thing, of course. Everyone, we've all got different, you know, experiences, ways of seeing the world, and that sort of thing. So things I think are very good arguments. Someone else isn't going to necessarily think, and we're also all biased. Every single one of us. Yeah. You know. So if anyone, and atheists will sometimes make the accusation that Christians are biased, atheists are just as biased. Um, what about scientists? A, um, well, I, I think their their biases come down to their um, worldview oh, rather yeah. than science. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they're just as biased as well, actually. I think. Wow. Mm. Um, so if, um, when it comes, so, well, Apologetics discipleship tool, that's a perfect way of putting it. Mm. Um, which areas do you think right now, at this point in time, and in, you know, we live in Australia and in Australian culture and society, which areas do you think um, Christians need a lot more wisdom? Mm. And you've mentioned suffering being one of them. Mm. Are there other areas that make, that make up society that Christians need a lot more wisdom and understanding? Yeah, in to not just explain to themselves, yes. 
but also to engage in conversation yeah. with a wider society, friends, family, neighbors, cousins, aunties, aunts, you know, granddad, yeah, etc. Absolutely, I you do. Know, what areas do yeah. you think they need more? So I think um, just generally one of the things. So I've talked about apologetics in regard to atheism, mm. but I think actually Islam and okay. um, uh, other religions is an area that at some point I need to um, explore more fully. I've had some exposure to it. Um, and uh, so I think we need, you know, because like I said, atheism is growing, but Islam is is growing faster. Hinduism, I th- think, is the fastest growing religion in Australia. Yeah, wow. It's coming from a very small base. It'll never take over any others. But, um, and sort of related to that, and this goes whether it's atheist, you know, more Western or, or Eastern or whatever, is understanding worldviews and our underlying um, perspectives on life and being able to think critically. So, so part of that is understanding the history of Western thought, for example. Um, so, you know, we talk about postmodernism, modernism, postmodernism, that sort of thing. For older Christians, they look at postmodernism as the boogeyman. But in reality, we've grown up in a modernist mindset that it can be just as non-Christian mm. as postmodernism, yeah. and so being able to critique that and not just to critique it and say it's bad but to understand why people are thinking the way they're thinking and how Christianity is different so I can critique my own thinking actually as part of it and this is what I found really helpful um, so for example a part of Western uh, the Western cultural mindset uh, our worldview is individualism the, yeah. we elevate the individual um, above all else. Mm. Now, Christianity holds to the dignity of the individual, mm. um, but, you know, is it to, to individualism is really, I don't think, Christian. But we, because it's our culture and we imbibe it and we just assume that without critically thinking about it, um, you know, we, we need to be able to step back and have a look at our assumptions and our, our you know, our cultural assumptions and worldview. Um, And another one, I think, with the comparative religions coming out, I had a a conversation with someone from a Hindu background the other Mm -hmm. day saying, oh, um, you know, basically this all all roads lead to God sort of thing. Yeah. And I said, well, actually not. um, Because, and, and, you know, I, I went through and explained the different views of God. You know, and Hinduism has quite a different view of God. You know, so in Christianity, um there was nothing but God and then God created out of nothing um, everything else, you know. So God uh, is transcendent. God is different to creation. Mm. Angels, demons, matter, humans. Mm. Um, In Hinduism, as I understand it, um, everything is essentially an emanation from God. So the Hindu can, on their philosophy, say everything is divine. Yeah. Christianity can't say that um, and doesn't say that. Um, another example is Mormonism. So Mormons call themselves Christians yeah. and some of the loveliest people I know are Mormons. Yeah. So I'm not imputing their character. But, um, you know, so if you, if you don't have a deeper understanding, you can look and think, well, they're just the same. Um, but, uh, you know, Mormonism, again, has a different view of That's God right. than we do. Um, God right. is not eternal. Yeah. Matter is eternal. In Christianity, yeah, it's not. God is not eternal. Um, rather than having one God in three persons, a triune God, they actually have more, it's more polytheist 
So uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three, three, different three different gods inside. I don't know how they combine it, but there are other gods as well. You know, and one day we will ascend and become God. You know, so there's just yeah, all right. this stuff in there um, that their worldview is actually not Christian. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, we have to understand that. You know, I've got um, Mormon friends I've actually probably haven't had a conversation with them since I've gotten into this stuff a bit more, but it's also, you know, it can become quite confrontational. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to confront them. But at least, again, understanding why... Because Christianity, people will call us narrow-minded. In many ways, we are. Mm. But I say this isn't about being narrow-minded. It's about a truth claim. Yeah. So I'm not saying Mormons are bad or Hindus are bad, mm. but I'm saying they're wrong. They have to be. Either they're wrong or I'm wrong. Yeah. You know, we, we can't have it both ways. Yeah. But then saying that, well, that's, you know, that's, that's bigoted or whatever. So that's a worldview thing that's coming with postmodernism where truth is subjective. Oh, and I'm like... <laughs> You know, well, yeah. truth can't be subjective. No one ultimately believes truth is subjective, mm. you know, because everyone gets on the aeroplane and believes that the, um, you know, laws of physics are going to keep no, it airborne, right. yeah. you know. So, right. so we do it when it's scientific things, yeah. but then when it's um, things more to do with philosophy and metaphysics and that sort of thing, then it becomes very subjective. Mm. But even metaphysics and philosophy have to no, be based on truth. Yeah. Um, or else it doesn't work, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so I think, but that's really training Christians how to think, and you know, some of that's really quite deep. So th there's two levels there. One is that just what the different religions believe. Okay, they're not yeah. compatible. The other one is really that how to think philosophically and that sort of thing. I don't have any formal philosophical training. Um, one of my regrets is when I had the chance, I didn't do philosophy or take any philosophy units mm. but it's never too late hey no, but um and it's not for everyone because some of it's really it's like i've recently been reading a book <laughs> by a, a christian a, a philosopher um william lane craig one of my heroes and he um it's called time and eternity and it's talking about is god timeless or time bound and i'm reading this oh, stuff and i'm like you know i keep slipping beyond i have no idea into I think I get that too. I have no idea what he just said. You know, <laughs> um, he's a very that's smart. comforting to hear. Um, <laughs> well, the guy's got he's got two PhDs. Yeah. He had to learn German because he studied in Germany for one of them. So it's like he's a oh, sharp, man. sharp cookie. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's fun. <laughs> so I, you know, most people. You don't need to go there. I mean, you know, we're just talking about building your faith and having answers. When mm. someone comes and says, well, how can a good God, if God's real, how can a good God, you know, to have an answer, and they may not like the answer, but you have an answer. Um, okay. Why doesn't God reveal himself to me? Well, it, here's some, you know, um, here's some reasons maybe, you know. And I don't go and necessarily say, well, you're wrong, I'm right, but here's, I'm satisfied. This is why. And, um, you know, you narrow minded Christian. Yeah, well, look, it's, it's not about me because, you know, I, I love you still and I accept and you can believe what you want. You know, I'm not, but it's about a truth claim. Is mm. it true or not? Okay, here's why I think it's true. Um, you do with it what you want, you know.
Well, guys, thanks again for tuning in. That was part one of the conversation, and um, I hope you got a lot out of that because I sure did. Um, I wrote quite a lot of notes down and things to look into and research into, and um, to sort of that things that started to pique my curiosity. So, I encourage you to go away for yourself and start this conversation with people who. Um, you know, who maybe are not following God at the moment and, and just ask them the, maybe the tough questions, um, start asking them the questions of, hey, um, what do you think about this whole idea of God? What do you think? Uh, maybe it's, it's a Christian, Christian friends and um, starting to approach them about how do they get answers to the rough questions. If you have tough questions, I want to encourage you to connect with your um, your your church, um, the church near you, to connect with your um, you know your church pastors and start having those conversations um, and and to get a little bit more to get a little bit more knowledge and um, a little bit more weight and um, and and I hope that this starts a conversation that's even bigger than just a one and a half hour kind of um, two guys chatting together. I want to thank you again if you're tuning in and returning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, for those of you who are brand new, thanks for thanks for um, thanks for tuning in and staying with the episode. Now, part two is going to come next week on Tuesday. So I want to encourage you to return. Make sure to leave a review. Make sure to subscribe if you're brand new. Make sure to leave a rating. Um, and get in touch with me. Let me know how this podcast has helped you. This specific episode has helped you. And also, if you have any ideas for what conversations you'd like to hear about, let me know about that. Um, and again, have a great week, and I'll see you in next week's podcast.